Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Lucas Oil, TireRack.com, and RockAuto.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson. Oh, hello. Got my own intro there. Uh, welcome to podcast number 284. Uh, that's a lot of podcasts. It's a weird number, and, 284. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like random. <laughs> well, in the spirit of preseason football, uh, we're setting all of our starters this week, uh, <laughs> primarily our Hall of Fame quarterback. So uh, you are stru- stuck with the uh, second string uh, today. Sports. Yeah, <laughs> sports ball. All right, I'll be uh, doing the hosting, uh, a, uh, aided by Greg Carlos, our uh, over-the-edge reporter and uh, DSLR madman. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty um, much right. Jessica Ray, our uh, digital producer, mm-hmm. and uh, people... Uh, that uh, sends me emails on stuff I'm not doing for social media. Right. <laughs> and uh, Alexander. Wow. Alexander Kellum. So formal I, I, today. I feel like that gets brought up every podcast. <laughs> really? Should we just okay. fix the Ander? We, yeah. we may have yeah. to, yeah. Alex. I mean, you Make wanted it that way, well, so I, I was I like... I want that on all my professional stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, yeah, well, well look, this is friends. not a professional yeah, thing right here. We're talking, so, you know, yeah. Super cash, bro. Yeah. Alex super is, of course, a writer and... Breaker of news for the website. So uh, we'll get to some usual road tests as well as our lightning round. If you're a question, rant and rave, all the good stuff. We'll start it off with Hyundai Palisade, uh, yes. redesigned for 23. Alex, uh, I think you drove that one, right? I sure did. Alexander? I went down. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, of course. Uh, I went down to Asheville, North Carolina for that trip. Very beautiful there. But yes, the 2023 Palisade is a mid-cycle refresh. So... Um, it's pretty significant. Like, well, I say that, but like exterior wise. Right? Yeah, you, you look at it and it, it features a lot of Hyundai's modern design language. So you can look at it and I mean, beside the badging, you'll be like, oh, it's a Hyundai. It, mm-hmm. it falls in line with that. But with regards to like size, stance, all that, it's very similar to the 2022 powertrain. Um, just a carryover. It's mm-hmm. the 3.8 liter V6. Uh, they did say that there was uh, some slight tweaks to the transmission, but uh, really nothing to, to kind of like rock your socks off or anything. It's pretty much the same. Same size. The interior, also a carryover. A couple <laughs> changes to material Minus selections. The garlic smell. We never had it in our uh, long yeah. term. Well, I don't know because I, I never got in it. So <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't really tell you. It could have. Uh. Well, I can. I'm happy to report there was no garlic stuff. All right. I think anything. they they've yeah. squashed that. I think pretty pretty early on. It was something in the headrests, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Oh. Yes. Yeah. This was before was you were me. here. Okay. I ate a lot of garlic. <laughs> oh. It very well could have been me in our case. It was an anti-vampire uh, uh, tactic. Yeah. Well, very crucial. So, yeah. what specifically is different about the exterior? Just a larger uh, grill, I'm guessing. Uh, well, I mean, you could. Yeah. I'm large grill um, with sort of like a. Like a jewel-like pattern in it, Ooh. vertical LED lighting. The rear, in a lot of ways, is the same, but down at the bottom, there's like an integrated tow hitch cover, um, so that looks new. Uh, outside of that, though, especially if you look at it from the side profile, it, it looks very Palisade. So it's pretty. I, I feel like it's just a, just a little bit more refined. Little chiseled. A little. Was, a little. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at it now, and it, it looks a little. The edges look a tad sharper. Yes. Yes. So I think most of us 
It's a platform made with the Telluride Kia, and I think most of us preferred the Kia originally. Is does this change that at all, or or? I what? think so. Yeah. I uh, honestly was not a big fan of the styling of the Palisade because I thought it was too bubbly. I thought it was too round. Mm. But this really sharpens everything up to a point where, like, I would have a difficult time choosing between the the Telluride and the Palisade. Yeah. Before it was like Telluride, 100% I would go with that. Like I felt like that was the more attractive version. Um especially now, especially because they were selling so many of them and then you know, the markups on them were crazy and I was like, well, I guess I would like buy a Palisade because like I could maybe get it a little bit cheaper, but now I'm like I feel like they're kind of kind of neck and neck looks wise. It's interesting. Everyone in this segment is trying to get like more dynamic looking and out mm. there with the styling, while the Toyota Highlander, the most boring looking <laughs> of all of them, continues to be the best seller. So I'm not sure that's you know really the best tactic or not. It helps that it has a Toyota badge on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, they just ride that wave for as long <laughs> as they can, and why not? Because I mean, you can't argue with their reliability. Um, yeah, you know, the, talking about the bigger grill, it's like, are we? When are we going to? reach the peak of grill size because we're on like a 10 yeah. year or really more than that mm-hmm. of just bigger and bigger and bigger grills like we gotta reach the apex at some point i think the tundra the, the new tundra is there you think, think that's yeah, it yeah it's it's the tundra is officially <laughs> yeah and even they're getting so yeah. big like that hyundai you even have to put the headlights behind the grill <laughs> right yeah, <'Cause> they, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's funny and um I, ironically speaking of the telluride versus Palisade. I was just on a, a, a long family vacation, lots of lots of family time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my sister is looking into getting um, upgrading her RDX. She now has a kid, mm-hmm. so she wants something a little bit bigger. And she had brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, well, I assume you want a Palace or a uh, Telluride, because just about everybody I talk to, like what, like likes the Telluride <laughs> mm-hmm. better than the Palisade, at least from a styling standpoint." And she said, "No, she liked." The Palisade, and it was um, actually at the time you were on the press drive, and I was like, "Well, you know, they're coming out with the 2023 now, so we'll see if you uh, continue to like the Palisade over the Telluride." And I think she, judging by her taste, she's probably going to like it even more. So, was there any price changes? Did they come out with pricing for it yet? Um, well, so I can tell you, uh, they have made changes to the trim, as so they'll, they'll kind of like. A lot of that has kind of shifted a little bit. So there's now five trims with the new XRT in the middle, which, which is, is around 41,000. Okay. I believe the entry, the SE, is around, uh, yeah, destination about 36. And then it'll top out just under 50 with the calligraphy. What is the XRT? So uh, the XRT is a model that is supposed to look like it's more off roady, has a little more spunk to it with like dark wheels and I think like roof rails, like a darked out grill. Uh, Performance-wise, it's all the same. I mean, everything else is basically the same. Yeah, just as you get some of those like accoutrements that you would get with like the the SEL, like the premium pack and stuff. But you don't. It's not like it's obviously built to be like a off-road like monster or anything. So basically, so. it like just comes with like roof rails. So like if you wanted to. And, and, and like, some of the the nicer features you would get in, like... Yeah, uh, black trim. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. black trim. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like uh, Volkswagen's R-Line trim. Right, like, yeah. Oh, it's probably more performance-oriented, mm. and it's the exact same powertrain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's got, like, red striping and uh, yeah. different wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to give people options, right? Mm-hmm. you got to give people... 
All right, let's move on uh, to uh, something a little more unique, the Myers-Manx. What is that? Uh, <laughs> well, it's a dune buggy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a proper dune buggy. When you think, like, the word dune buggy, it, it, it's got that shape, that, right. like, open air, just like... Right, because a, they started it. Yeah, or right. Myers, yeah, they're yeah. the OG. What was his first name? What was his first name? Uh, Donna. Uh, I should know this, but he yeah. just died. I yeah, believe. but whoever his last name was Myers. His, his last name was Myers. Yes. Yeah, he invented the dune buggy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, these are like the OGs in this company, and they had, uh, I guess, sold the name in the company before the uh, this the guy who created it before he died. Well, the original idea was like you built it though, right? It like they kit. gave you a kit right. and you could yeah. put like a Volkswagen engine yeah. in it or like a Corvair or something yeah. like that, something like that. And it's basically just like a body with like two rails on the top. You got so some breaking news, Alexander? Bruce Myers. Bruce Myers. Bruce. Yeah. How could I not remember that? Bruce. I feel like I knew it's hard to be. But yeah, basically, I mean, the OG dune buggy, bringing back the name, bringing back that iconic look and and, but this time it's electrified, obviously, oh, as shocker. we're moving to the future, right? Um, because so there's all kind of places to plug in out in the desert, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're it's trying. The only thing it has more than water is electricity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you could dig for water. I'm not sure you yeah. dig for electricity. I mean, it would be helpful if they put like solar, somehow we're able to integrate solar in this thing, oh, yeah. but it's, yeah. but there's no roof. So, I mean, this is like a very lightweight sort of off-roading thing, as lightweight as you can get with a battery uh, and electric motors. Um, like 1,500 pounds. Yep. Yeah, so very lightweight, um, and it's got uh, two different battery pack options. One is a 20-kilowatt-hour battery um, that can potentially go 150 miles with uh, a... Also, you can double that to a 40 kilowatt hour pack that can get you up to 300 miles. Yeah, what are we not, thinking? What are we thinking? I was, <laughs> I was ready to hear Brian's rant yeah. because our audio engineer shushed us as we were starting yeah. the podcast. That just, get into those num- that seems like vaporware, really. Those numbers seem uh, exceptionally high compared to other batteries of similar size. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it is co- very lightweight. It I mean, is, when we're thinking yeah. about, say, like the F-150 Lightning 130 kilowatt hour pack, that can get a 300 mile range, but that also weighs 6,000 pounds. Right. This is 1,500. Do I think maybe you could get 300 miles? What, would you want to drive 300 miles in this thing? Uh, maybe. Good point. I Good guess. Point. Yeah. Uh, it is street legal, obviously. If I had to find some water in the desert, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I guess, yeah, it, it, it would make sense, right? 300 miles, you could pretty much uh, go uh, most places, go camping, wherever, kind of go out there. Uh, it's got up to 202 horsepower, 240 pound-feet of torque. And they say a 4.5 seconds, 0 to 60, which I don't know that I'd want to do that in... In that little thing, I but would. <laughs> uh, if they send me one, I'll certainly try. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing. Do they say how many they're going to make? I mean, I guess this is going to be extremely limited. It's essentially uh, based on there's the uh, there's going to be a beta program next year where they're going to send out 50 cars. Okay, those will go to like just people who sign up for it, and they get to kind of give feedback. After that, I don't think they've actually specified, but I would agree it's probably going to be very limited. Yeah, I can just see people cruising up and down Malibu or around Miami or whatever. Uh, essentially a really cool-looking go-kart. Kind of. Um, 
I'm not sure. I feel like engine ex- and exhaust noise would be even more missed in a dune buggy than it is in a car, honestly. Like, wouldn't that be really weird seeing, like, a Manx going up over a dune and then it's like you don't hear anything? Yeah, that air-cooled Volkswagen engine. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't miss, like, the smells and, like, uh, like exhaust, uh, yeah. that sort of thing, personally. But, yeah, no, I think... Well, I think that goes with most off-roaders, right? That they're silent and it's just, like, a very weird... Like I sensation. Dug, I dug it in the uh, the four by e Wrangler. Yeah, it was cool. And you can actually yeah. somewhat enjoy nature while you're destroying exactly. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean it, it's uh, it's certainly a very interesting vehicle. We have no idea how much it's going to cost, um, but it will be street legal. You can drive it on the roads, and um, hopefully, we see one here sometime next year. I found my commuter. <laughs> awesome. well, did, you, did you sign up or you want to? No, no, no. I missed the beta. Right. It'll be perfect for January weather <laughs> yeah. around here. Well, we get I got a this scarf. or the cyber truck first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't <Well>, start, Greg. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, let's move on to our long term fleet, uh, which is getting. Uh, much shorter and smaller as uh, we're saying goodbye to two of our long terms. Uh, Greg, with the details. Uh, yeah, details. Uh, the first one we're getting uh, or we're, we're waving goodbye to is the Prius plug-in or the Prius Prime. Uh, if you ever see Prime on a Toyota, that means it's a plug-in hybrid. Hmm. Just FYI. You guys <laughs> Doesn't know. mean it's extra special. It's, yeah. 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 it's just it's plug-in hybrid. Well, I guess know. it's a little extra special for being a plug-in Well, yeah, hybrid. I mean, compared to a, a, um, a regular Prius, it, when the Prime came out, it was the first one with the Tesla-style screen, and we're talking about yeah. like six years that ago. That is true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was a very special thing at the time. Uh, unfortunately, that part of the car has really aged. Um, and I, yeah, and I will say the Rav Four Prime is much more prime than the Prius Prime. Yes. And it, yes. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a lot more power. It does. It's yeah. the and most powerful. Better range yeah. as well. But anyway, back to the Prius. They also, are like selling every one they make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so the Prius uh, was with us for right around at least a year. We might yeah. have had it just a few more weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Twenty thousand miles. We finished up at just like literally just under sixty miles per gallon total, and that includes us um, charging it. Sporadically, I'd say most of <laughs> yeah. the time. If not, you know, I you're think right. we more lately. Been better. I think more lately because we, we saw a dip and we we're like, maybe we should try plugging it in. More. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that's with 25 miles of uh, EV range. If you had a full charge, and I'd say that was a fairly accurate in, number for us in a good temperature, uh, like warmer climate. Absolutely. In the winter, I definitely noticed we were getting 20, 21. Yeah, because we were also, about. well, yeah, and I was, um, oh, you're talking about range, but I was also yeah. using like the heated seats and it had a heated steering wheel. Uh, it was pretty loaded, that one. Yeah, it had a lot of options. It was prime in that aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of prime technology. But yeah, it was still. Um, uh, it, it certainly was dated at six years old, and it, we're getting ready to get a new Prius. Um, but I got to say, it really held its own as a daily driver. And people will laugh at me, but it was more of, more fun than you expected it to be. Yeah. The thing that held it back, honestly, was its tires, the low rolling resistance, which mm-hmm. you get on basically any eco-minded car. So, like, 
when I would push it on back roads, because, you know, it's my job. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing holding it back was just, like, the tire squeal. You felt like you were, like, more out of control than you were. But that was just because they were, the tires are so hard. And, like, the suspension, I, it, it, it was the first one to switch to the multi-link rear suspension because it mm-hmm. was on the next the Toyota mm-hmm. TNGA platform. Um, so, yeah, like, if you ever have a chance to drive this this generation Prius, think you might be pleasantly surprised definitely underrated in handling for sure uh and it's a good a good highway cruiser mm-hmm. uh even with that small engine when it kicks on uh it doesn't get too loud or buzzy i still hate ever since the very first prius the little electronic shift dongle oh you yeah. Call it, yeah it's annoying but yeah that doesn't uh, bother me so yeah. much um and it, it, obviously you get toyota's just excellent hybrid system that's why it's basically synonymous with prius uh or with hybrid prius is synonymous with hybrid Mm -hmm. because it it was you know the original and it was um just so good and it it continues to be so good the the idea of like that you can be driving and honestly not know whether you're driving on electric power or gas power uh is really a testament to how good the system is i have to say i think uh, like driving on the electric mode in that prius was so great it made me want an all-electric prius i was like this is i felt like it was nicer driving on the electric mode than it was driving with the engine because you had plenty of power it was incredibly smooth i spent 10 hours driving that i drove that to savannah for roebling i drove through a hailstorm i drove through i threw i drove through a lot of weather um (laughs) when we did that and i am so glad that that was the car that i was given to drive at first i wasn't that enthused but i was like you know what i don't mind this thing it's it's really fun to drive it's uh, granted it's not the most attractive looking thing but it makes me really 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 excited for the next gen prius and like toyota knows how important this product is to them so i'm really looking forward to it i feel like you just gave us our final statement on the prius (laughs) like i wasn't sure at first but it was pretty good i liked it a lot yeah beyond Uh, its looks absolutely um, and yeah, we're saying goodbye to another one as we're shrinking our long-term fleet, uh, the Mitsubishi Outlander. Another one that probably falls under that category of like you didn't expect a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and this goes for the previous generation, the plug-in hybrid version we had too. Um, yeah, the bang for the buck is is pretty good here because ours was fully loaded. Um, this new Outlander we had, not the PHEV, uh, fully loaded for under forty grand, which is. Uh, an accomplishment mm-hmm. now. Yeah, <laughs> everything unfortunately, costs mm-hmm. we hate to say mm-hmm. it, but yeah. The interior was super nice looking and feeling. The the technology finally has caught up. Again, this was something. The Outlander uh, is on the Rogue platform, so they've teamed up with Nissan. They got some help there, um, but uh, maybe I've just been paying more attention. I do see a lot of them on the road, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's Same. more than just us taking notice of the Outlander. Yeah, I didn't get as much time in that as far as actual driving, but the interior was uh, gorgeous uh, for that uh, class of vehicle. And I thought they did a great job. As you mentioned, it is the same chassis as the Rogue, but you would never know uh, by looking at it. I think exterior-wise, it looks way uh, better than the Rogue, for sure. And and some, you know, even throwback to old Mitsubishis like Montero, uh, Monteros with a front end. You know, they did. I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah, it was a very traditional SUV feeling, um, even though, you know, it's it runs on a CVT, which, you know, our feelings on that doesn't have a ton of power. But it, I mean, it was I, perfect for 
for what it is, right. the size that it is, I thought the CVT was was very good because it didn't feel like it was holding you back. You didn't feel like it was super buzzy. Um, neither did the engine feel that way. Like around town driving in that thing was very, very comfortable and enjoyable. And we were averaging just under 30 miles per gallon. Uh, Which is about 20, 28, 29. Yeah. Uh, we were definitely right. pushing 29. He, and that third row is standard in that vehicle, right? Correct. Yeah. Standard three with rows. With that third row. Well, I was going to ask, with all of your kids, did you have any in the third row? I Rick? never put okay. anything back there. It was always folded. Yeah. But, uh, yeah it's I think his kids could fit back there because they're still in I don't car know. seats. Cammon, have you Cammon. seen Greg lately? That's true. I was yeah. going to say. Margo's, yeah, Margo has sprouted up like a weed, and Cam is just so beefy. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the third row in a in a vehicle like that is kind of like it, it makes you feel good to have it, even though you'll probably never use it for yeah. its intended purpose. It'll just, just like all-wheel drive, right? Exactly, <laughs> which this also had. And uh, yeah, like the uh, I, I'll say um, yeah, uh, to the whole technology point, um, the digital gauge cluster was like probably one of the nicer most clear digital gauge clusters we've mm -hmm. driven and again we're huh. talking about a mitsubishi nissan mm -hmm. thing here mm -hmm. and it was like really solid the graphics when you would switch between drive modes i mean like it was like you're watching a video yeah screen. kind of yeah no i think it was just really simple and i think in a time where people are struggling to find cars and affordable cars like this is mitsubishi's like time right now is like if you got any cars to sell make them good, and sell them. And I think that's why we see them on the roads. I think in a normal time, people would not be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go buy a Mitsubishi Outlander. They wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be thinking that. But now that I think so many brands are struggling, uh, people are like, hey, actually, this is a pretty decent product that they're sending out. It's the right segment. That's the hot segment. Yeah, yeah, people are struggling to keep vehicles on the lot, not to sell the vehicles they have, uh, for sure. True. Yeah. Alex. Anything? Oh, man, Dawson has No, no, uh, just to kind of like mirror everything that's been said, I was kind of impressed, like bang for the buck, really. I mean, I thought the interior fully loaded for what you were getting. I didn't, likewise, I didn't get to spend a lot of time driving it, um, but the little that I did, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and amongst my like enthusiast friends, like I know uh, some of them, like I talk about Mitsubishi, and a couple of them have kind of said, like, ah, I've never, you know, I don't really care. Ah, look what they did to like the Eclipse. Ah, you it's know, you hear that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have to look at it for what it is, and for what it is, it's, I think it's, it's, Pretty good. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Great way to wrap that one up. We'll move on to our lightning round. Uh, wow. Are you to read all this? Do you want me to read it? <laughs> yeah, let's hear Jessica. I'll read it. Oh, all right. I wrote it. Okay. So, the Inflation Reduction Act <clears throat> 2022 has passed in the Senate. And while part of it expanded EV tax credits, it ultimately requires new rules and stipulations, including that at least 40% of a vehicle's battery materials must be sourced in the U.S. or a trade allied nation by 2024, and 100% by 2029. Meaning, if an EV does not meet those requirements, it will be ineligible for the $7,500 tax credit. Do you think that this will slow down EV sales as their popularity seems to boom? Uh, well done, Jessica. Thank you very much. Who wants to go first on that one? 
Keep it rolling, Jessica. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it, sure. I mean, I do think um, I think to a lot of people that tax credit is is very um, attractive. I think it's for people who are a bit more affluent and who can afford uh, some of these higher end EVs. Uh, like I think about like where I am in my life. This tax credit really wouldn't do that much for me personally because I don't make as much money to pay as many taxes. So like if I wanted to go out and buy uh, a new EV like for a lot of people they look at this $7500 is like that's my free money. But like in most ca- in a lot of cases that's not it's how up to you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yes, because it's with ba- with the different batteries in different vehicles, you might not it might not be $7500. They don't just hand you a $7500 check. Right. Correct. And some EVs have already exhausted all of their credits and you don't get that on some EVs anyway. Yes, that's also true. So I I mean I, I think it could slow down EV sales, but um you know, we we're seeing a lot of really good product uh, out there. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never, anyways, anyways, anyways. Alex gets too because he also gets to have Alexander yeah. time. Oh uh, yeah, see. Yeah, somebody I'm else chime in. Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, I'm kind of like interested to see what's going to happen with EV prices, like at just MSRPs. And to give you an example, uh, as one does, I was on Reddit the other day. I spent a lot of my time there, and people were, Reddit or Reddit, 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 Reddit would be a great offshoot. Got a startup here. Um, no, so I was on there and there was a thread of people talking about this, and they likened it to the recent uh, price hike in the Lightning. And mm-hmm. people were yeah. saying, "Oh, look at this! There's going to be extra credit, but oh, look, Ford has increased the price of the Lightning by six thousand dollars." Right, and, and I'm not here to like jump on them or, or to say like, oh, they definitely did it because of that. Like they say it's because of material costs and, and I could certainly believe yeah. that, you know. Um, but I guess my point to this is while I think the credit is nice, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jessica, where it's like right now in my life, that means a lot less to me if I was in the market for an EV. What matters more to me is where are the MSRPs going to mm-hmm. lie? I, yeah, I um, businesses are in business to make money. Mm-hmm. The reason they outsource Shocker. the stuff is because it's cheaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we actually do see, we reap the benefits of that because we don't pay as much, like you said, for the car because they're able to outsource certain things and pay cheaper price. It's expensive to do things in America. That's why they don't do it. They, weren't, they won't make as much money. So I'd have to believe that this will increase prices for the car. Um, I think the the maybe something we're overlooking or maybe I'm looking too much into is that maybe it'll grab some people uh, who are just seeing that Made in America stamp, even mm-hmm. though I know it's not technically yeah. just in America, it's all allied nations too. But if you can bring some more stuff uh, being built in America, uh, I understand it's more expensive, but I'm also all for that. I mm-hmm. I like that we're, we're bringing some more work back into America and to be able to say that our cars are built with American parts is always good. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if you look at it from that standpoint, I think it, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's a subtle way to kind of do away with that tax credit. Uh, you know, if manufacturers aren't willing to step up and bring stuff back home, but I will say this, uh, what were we at? Four point something percent of all vehicles sold last year were EVs. I'll trust you on that. Yeah, we were definitely under 5%. Well, as far as the actual question, will this slow popularity or slow their momentum down, EV sales, they're already up 60% 
this year from last year. So we're getting up to that seven, eight percent possibly next year. And eventually, sooner than later, I mean, that's going to be your only choice. So I'm not sure that it's going to slow anything down. It'll certainly uh, get people to, you know, maybe rethink which one they buy and maybe be a little more uh, price conscious, as you guys were saying. But yeah, I don't think there's anything that uh, can slow it down at this point. I mean, I guess you're, you're right. At a certain point, though, as EVs become more mainstream, this tax credit is going to be history. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be no point to incentivize buying them because, like, uh, hopefully our infrastructure will be a little bit better and it'll just be much easier for us to, like, live with them and to be able to afford them and for it to make sense in our daily lives. So, um, no, I think it's uh, – it, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of, like, pans out and, and what this means. When we inevitably get the comment saying, do you guys know where all that power comes from? <laughs> yes, we know where the power comes from. It is an issue. It is, we're not glancing over it. We know where it comes from. Everybody is working on it. There's much smarter people than us that are working on how to figure out you what have to we're going to do. Somewhere. I yeah. mean, you have mm-hmm. to try at some point. Yeah, I mean, that brings up the larger point of – uh, how fast we're trying to get into this, right? Should mm. we just be slowly easing into this instead of forcing it down everyone's throat? Um, yeah. We, well, that that, that goes into that whole other topic that, that I am super supportive of, which is like, Ooh. why did we skip hybrids? I think everything should be a hybrid. That, yeah. and I feel like we skipped them. But anyway, that's a totally different topic. Sounds more like a rant. Yeah, that's a rant. Does anyone have a rant and or a rave? Well, we do have a viewer question. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I got to do the viewer question first. I was going to say that for last. Oh, you were you? No, I just. <laughs> yeah. right, I'll, see here. I'll read this one because it's nice and short. Thank you, Jerry. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. This viewer question comes from David K. Are you open to segment ideas or submissions for potential on air correspondence? This is really a question to Greg. Mostly. Oh, I'm an on air really? correspondent. You are an on air correspondent. Um, Yes, is the simple answer. Uh, I would love when people come to me with ideas because it's doing my job for me. Uh, No, but seriously, um, reach out to any of our social media, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram. You can email us. You can snail mail us. Yeah, people still do that. Believe it or not, they do. And we do get um, plenty of uh, potential story ideas. And um, I'll be honest, not all of them or even most of them don't ever make it through mm-hmm. um, because of our budget restrictions and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I've, uh, I would welcome plenty of stories, yeah. Good to know. especially if they're local to, like, the Maryland East Coast area. Yep. That's always easier on us. Remember, we're public television. <laughs> uh, or if you want to fly me out somewhere and to uh, drive your car, uh, yeah, you can reach, <laughs> out, to me. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now, anyone have a rant or rave and or rave? Yeah, why didn't they? Okay. Why didn't Honda just make the HRV a hybrid? I know they have a hybrid coming, but like I don't, I just don't understand They're, that. I, I, I just that car to me screams like it should be a standard hybrid, kind of like Toyota starting to do with their vehicles. Like we make yeah. good hybrids, and Honda makes a good hybrid. They do. Why not just be like, look, it's a hybrid. You guys don't even like it had a CVT anyway. You don't care. Just, just I think get more fuel efficiency. I think they. Uh, 
I don't know, overestimate uh, their their demographic and their market a little bit, and they're like, people still want internal combustion engine vehicles. But I feel well, like Harvard if you, s- and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I think like they just think like, oh, people aren't going to want to buy a hybrid, but like it's 2022, and like. People aren't afraid of hybrids as they used to be. Some of them are, I will say, because, the, you know, we get a lot of comments that are like, well, when the battery dies in five years, well, the battery isn't going to die in five years. Uh, maybe you might have to replace it after 10 if it Still really see goes. Still 10-year-old Priuses. Yeah, for sure. And, and think about, like, original Teslas that we still see on the road with, like, over 200,000 miles on them. Like, these batteries, the technology is only getting better and better and better. Um, so I think, I, think, I think Honda just, like, uh, underestimates their their clients a little bit. I'm so, sure they have a reason, but in my simple mind is like, dude, just make it high. You're talking about the HRV, their subcompact utility. Correct, HRV, not CRV, which Correct. they're both new now. Yeah, they're yes. both redesigned. And I just recently drove the CRV, but I cannot talk about that. Oh. I can't talk about the we'll driving. We'll talk about it off air. Uh, we'll talk about it the next podcast. Um, and you're saying you cannot get a hybrid powertrain in the HRV? No, I'm saying you can't. You will be able, you will to, be able to. But the standard, the one we had as a tester which was, was a 1.5 1, liter was a 1.5 yeah, yeah i guess mm-hmm. so yeah. uh yes correct and yeah. I, and i'm making the argument they should, that should just be a standard hybrid i got you like the, i agree uh, with you because yeah. honestly the fuel economy in that in that just the gas one it's not, that not great, great. <laughs> not great for a vehicle that is small and not very powerful and has a CVT and it's like all right you know you put the CVT in the car because it's supposed to make it more fuel efficient and then you're like maybe getting like 30 miles per gallon to me I'm like I don't like that it doesn't make much sense to me plus with the hybrid you get more usually get more, a little bit more power. I was more upset that they got rid of the magic seat uh oh, but that's right. magic the seat. magic seat yeah. I think everybody was upset about that yeah it was truly magical at least they uh, moved the the door handle, right? The rear door handle, wasn't it? Uh, yes, up in the pillar, it's a yeah. Proper yeah, yeah. Handle now, yeah. yeah. Wow, they're just mainstreaming that car they're like crazy. Just super mainstream. <laughs> well, it's just it's giant now. Like it's uh, well, it's much. Geez. It's actually a bit bigger than it was before. So, well. All right, time to wrap this uh, podcast number two eighty four up. Uh, I want to thank everyone involved: uh, producer Jessica Ray, uh, Jillian on the uh, audio, Bob Mixter for creating this podcast. Be sure to uh, listen and watch us on all the usual internet's uh, place and uh, your local uh, PBS station as well. And there's probably more stuff I should be saying. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, you can also find us on YouTube, of oh, course, uh, YouTube.com/slash/MotorMeek. And, 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 and how would I get to that on the internet? <laughs> um, there's a thing called a browser, uh, Internet Explorer. Wait, wait, wait. That's dead. Sorry. Uh, uh, Safari, if you have a Mac. Anyway, so um, we're also, of course, uh, Brian mentioned we're on your local PBS station. If we're not on your local PBS station, you can find us on Cable's Mav TV. Hmm. You can check on their website to see if uh, they are they are available with your cable provider. Or you can also watch all episodes online for free at pbs.org slash motorweek. Uh, all of our episodes stream there and it's free and i don't know how much more to say other than it's free and it's great um, and it's on your ipad yeah. yes it's on your phone your tablet whatever you want to watch it on please just go watch it um and yeah that's 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 about it that wraps it up <laughs> we will see you next time you've been listening to the podcast of motor week television's original automotive magazine 
Motor Week is made possible by Lucas Oil, TireRack.com, and RockAuto.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.